And uh, delighted to have Emmett uh, Corcoran back on the line again. Emmett, a uh, number of interesting uh, stories. Uh, we have Pascal Donahue under pressure at the moment, although apparently what he did doesn't seem to anywhere to be as serious as Damien English, who forgot he had a house and he had to, to uh, resign. So, um, I mean... A lot of people listening in would say it's only right that people who get paid a lot of money uh, to be uh, politicians have to account for every penny. But uh, what's your own view? Oh, look, it's it's like everything else. You talk to people and they say, ah, sure. But they didn't kill anyone, did they? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. on the street. But then there's a whole other element out there that say, look, you know, they're only looking for an excuse to knock them down a peg or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. The biggest offence I see that, the, that has been done here is that smart people, the people who let on that they're smart anyway, were stupid enough to not do it right. It's mm. spelled out in black and white in this guidelines exactly what they have to do um, and what they have to declare and what they... And if you can't read a guideline... Um, issued by uh, standards in public office yeah, yeah. and apply it to your own uh, your own furrows to say well then how can you be trusted to legislate that would be the general consensus out there look the SIPO guidelines are very onerous we know the dark history there of Back from dating back to the hot year, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, the close relationship between where politicians got away with an awful lot more than they're getting away with today. Absolutely, look, accountability is there. Um, when the rules are the rules, follow them or don't follow them, but you live with the consequences if you don't. Absolutely, um, yeah. but I think that means the public should be a revision of the guidelines to be a bit more open and honest about, you know, the difference in the party political machines that are there and have lots of taxpayer funding and would say the likes of smaller parties and independents that are at an extreme disadvantage when it comes down to compliance. But yet yeah. time and time again it seems that the small guys uh, do it right. Well, that's true, yeah. Do I think anyone should lose a job over it? Not really. I, to be honest, I think if they atone and make their declarations, it's yeah. hard to think that somebody should lose. Let uh, he, uh, uh, as I, I'm loath to quote the Bible, what my mother used to always say, let he without uh, sin cast the first stone. Cast the first stone, yeah. exactly. And look, human beings uh, are all, we're all flawed. Um, the reality of it is, though, that look when you look at some, there are obviously some people out there in political life who will try and skirt. Oh, the will, the will. There's no doubt about but it. In situations where there are either genuine errors or, uh, you know, just a lack of understanding, yeah. there should probably be a bit of a review, maybe a slap on the wrist, apply a hefty fine if. Um, yeah, yeah, appropriate. Yeah. And yeah. get on with it. Yeah. Now, there's a very interesting debate going on at the moment. The tourism tax, as we know, was reduced from thirteen and a half percent down to nine percent, 
and it needed to be done because uh, in terms of the COVID and there was nobody around and they were trying to, to boost the economy and it was a very good idea. However, as we know, the COVID uh, is largely over and if you try and book a hotel in Dublin or uh, anywhere like Killarney or, or any of the hotspots uh, around the country, you'll be absolutely ripped off uh, for the most part. And there's a debate out there that the tourism tax should be put back on up to 13.5%. And there are people who are smaller operators saying uh, it'll kill the tourism uh, because the cost of living and the whole lot. Where would you stand on that one? Well, I had a... I've had a line on this for a long time now, and I think it's probably the simplest solution and very implementable uh, to revenue. Yeah. It's to leave food at 9% and put the rooms and accommodation. accommodation. If they have to go up to 15 or 17 or 20%, yeah. them because the rooms are where the rip-off is happening. That's where the rip-off That's is happening, yeah. That's where the rip-off is happening. It's very easy to create a separate... Uh, fat rate for rooms as opposed to food or um, the other tourism related businesses that are getting the benefit of the lower VAT rate and there's the likes of small pubs and restaurants around the country, it could mean an extra 1500 2000 3000 a month um, of an expense to go back to the beginning of half on food, yeah. but and they're not the ones that are committing the mortal sin of charging 400 euro a night for a room. So I think the simplest solution here is put up the fat rate on the hotel rooms. Yeah, yeah. If they won't be charging exorbitant prices, well, the exchequer could do with some of that money. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. being it back into tourism. I see there yesterday at the Tourism Ireland launch. Um, That's right. We're back to 79% of our pre-COVID levels yeah. were well ahead of most of the world. I think are all lagging behind 70%. We're talking about 2025 before we're back to our pre-COVID levels of tourism activity. Um, and of course, what we discussed on the show here a few times is that uh, 20% of our hotel capacity is currently being used um, as housing for uh, asylum seekers. And That's right. That That's right. In and of itself is problematic. And... I see there that what you mentioned before, March seems to be the day for a lot of those yeah. uh, contracts. Round, um, round Patrick's Day is uh, the DJ for them, a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. So we're going to have to come up with um, a lot of solutions between now and then. Um, and I don't know if there, any, if there any urgency in government circles about actually dealing with this and performing, but I think certainly... Um, either a flat tax or increasing the VAT rate on the sale rooms and short-term accommodation is a very workable and sensible solution. Um, yeah, I agree with you. In terms of protecting the vulnerable elements of our tourism industry and, you know, taking the cream where it's available in yeah. the no, something we spoke about last week. It seems to have gone off the the headlines anyway, and but it's something that you have a fair idea about. And uh, we, we we chatted about it last week. An interesting situation. What's the situation? What's the update in Brazil? There was an attempted coup last week. There was a lot of damage done and a, a, a lot of uh, angst in the country. What's wh- what's going on there now at the minute? Well, the last I heard that there was uh, quite a bit of violence 
and the, the last I heard was 16 dead um, as a result of the violence. Right. Um, they haven't gone away. It's still happening out there, and you know it's it's quite evident now that it's a very well organised uh, attempt at causing maximum disruption. Yeah. Um, Bolsonaro is still out of the country, so that's uh, it's always a sign of the despots and dictators when they when, yeah. when they when they're in exile. Yeah, but they're in exile, exile essentially, yes. Um, now, by the same account, uh, the current regime has taken a very authoritarian approach on censorship, particularly in social media. They've served a number of court orders on social media companies to um, suppress attempts, what they identify as attempts at organising, uh, what are ostensibly peaceful protest. So it's a double-edged sword and it's cutting both ways at the moment. Um, and that in, that in and of itself is worrying because if, if, if the filling of the situation here is Bolsonaro and his ilk, um, you'd be hoping that Lula would not play by the same rule book. Rule book, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah take the Joe Biden approach and rise above it all and let law and order and justice restore itself um, without much in the line of political oversight. Um, and as we talk about that, we see there's another uh, story there in America this week where uh, Joe Biden lawyers discovered sensitive materials. That's right, in his own house. In, yeah. Yeah. in his own house. Um and I've seen a lot of talk on social media about, you know, is it a double standard um, that Trump was raided by the hospital right. team That's and right. took it all and threw them all in, you know, big headlines and on the same side, a uh, similar offence uh, by the Democrats and sort of seen as a not, no big deal. Um, yeah. But it's very, it, we're, we're in a, we're in a, Time of flux on the global political stage. No, I doubt about that. We all we can do is hope that level heads prevail at the end of the day. That's it, uh, Mr. Lucas. Uh, thanks a million for that. Uh, very interesting. Uh, we've covered a, a nice bit of ground there. Thanks a million for that, and uh, hopefully you very uh, much. you'll be around next week, and we'll have another chat. But for the moment, thanks a million. Thank you, Seamus.